0: to those joining with us on our podcast service welcome to the house of god here at Christian Outreach Center here in Charters Towers and you all feel very very welcome and i pray that you do feel at home here and uh tonight i would like to bring the first of a two part message uh it's titled the days of elijah is tonight's message and using the words of the messianic jewish rabbi you may know him jonathan kahn Uh, speaking on the world stage, including the U.S. Presidential Prayer Dinner and the United Nations General Assembly, I saw him on there, that was in these last couple of years, and on the steps of the White House in recent years, he said, if these are the days of Elijah, then you are the Elijah's of the day. So turn to the person next to you and say, I'm looking at the Elijah of today, yeah, I'm looking at the Elijahs of today and uh, you may think you have to grow really, really long hair and throw a, an old dressing gown on and, and uh, an old leather belt and start eat, eating locusts and wild honey, but you don't. You can be all dolled up and look as good as Beck there. She always just looks like she stepped out of the salon and you can have a, a duffel jacket on like John here tonight and you can be a, an Elijah of the day. Amen. What's an Elijah of the day look like? and uh today on, tonight i'm going to be talking about that and so the days of elijah are in reference to our time did you know that we are living in the days of elijah according to the word of god according to the old testament and according to the new testament we are living in the dispensation of time called the days of elijah so this is the first of a two-part message the second part i'll bring on sunday morning and its title is, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? Great title, isn't it? Where is the Lord God of Elijah? So I'd like if you would go to the last book in the Old Testament, and it's called the book of Malachi, and I will bring clarity to this time, and I'll also make reference to First Kings, and look at the life and times of that great prophet Elijah. And so I'd like for us to go to Malachi and chapter 3. And uh, I'll read a couple of verses. And then I'll go to chapter 4 and read a couple of verses. And it says, Behold, I send my messenger. And he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. Whose temple is it? It's his temple. And when you look at yourself, we're a temple of the Holy Spirit. You are the temple of God these days. Even the messenger of the covenant. Who's that? That's Jesus. This is the closing chapters of the whole of the Old Testament pointing once again to Jesus. In whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. Fantastic scriptures. Fantastic. Malachi is the last of the writing prophets. And so there was a 400-year dispensation between the Old Testament and the New Testament, and it was the last of the writing prophets. Were there other prophets? Yes, they were, as there are literally hundreds of prophets mentioned in in the Old Testament, but not all of them are writing prophets. There are four major prophets in the Old Testament and 12 minor writing prophets, but there are hundreds of other prophets as there are in this day. It's nothing new nothing new under the sun. So Malachi is the last of the writing prophets bringing the conclusion to the Old Testament period. And so between the Old and the New Testament period is what we call the silent years, when the voice of the prophets was silent for 400 years. And so Malachi means my messenger. Isn't that interesting? Because here it says, behold, I send my messenger. And Malachi does a word play there, as a lot of the... They're very astute people, the, the the writing prophets. And so Malachi means my messenger, and his prophecies have multiple fulfillment and dual application, as do many, many prophecies throughout the entire Bible. Multiple fulfillments. And this uh, prophecy spans almost a two and a half thousand year period and the simple reason is twofold behold he is coming not just once because it's a prophetic word regarding the Christ and we know that Jesus is not just coming twice once but he is coming twice he has already come two thousand years ago and then there is the second fulfillment or dual application or multiple fulfillment of his word, and yes, we he is coming again, and he is coming soon. Maranatha, Jesus is coming soon, amen? Come, Lord Jesus, come. Behold, he is coming. So Malachi looks with a telescopic vision through the corridors of time on the first advent and the second advent of the coming of the promised Messiah, Jesus Christ, the Anointed One. Exciting stuff. Already before his writings, there was almost 456 prophetic words concerning the Christ that are only fulfilled in one person, and that is Jesus Christ, the Messiah, and the Anointed One. Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah in the Hebrew. So it's Malachi looks with that telescopic vision and it's a reference or an alluding to Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 3. And you see that all of the Word of God ties in and can be chain referenced over and over and over and over and over and over and over, and over again. The amount of chain referencing in the Bible is more than we could work out. And so it is in Isaiah 40 verse 3 and it says the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted, every mountain and hill brought low, the crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places smooth, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, all flesh shall see it Together. It's a great prophetic word, isn't it? Behold, the Lord God shall come with a strong hand, and his arm shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him, and his work before him. He will feed the flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs with his arms. And so, chapter 40 also refers in Isaiah, you can have a look at this, refers to the 40th book in the Bible, which brings us to the book of Matthew. And so, You can see, you may not know this, but each chapter in Isaiah, there are 66 chapters in the book of Isaiah, and there happens to be 66 books in the whole of our Bible. Isn't it amazing? And so what you find is that book number one corresponds with chapter number one in the book of Isaiah, and you can read Isaiah through that lens of itself. Another way that you can see that the Word of God is actually the fingerprint of God and written by the Holy Spirit, and everything corresponds. So let's go to Matthew and chapter 3 and verses 1 to 4, and what does it say? What does it say? In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent. For the kingdom of heaven is near. For this is he who who is spoken by the prophet Isaiah, saying, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. See how it's cross-referenced? Amazing stuff. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his paths straight. Now John himself was clothed in camel's hair. Who else was clothed in camel's hair? Elijah was. Because John the Baptist came in the spirit of Elijah, as the word of God tells us. And he says, with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Yummy, yummy. (laughs) So let's go to Malachi. Let's go back to Malachi now. I just like to read it, and I ask that you bring your Bible with you, so you can see for yourself how everything works together in this wonderful jigsaw puzzle called the Bible. And so in Malachi chapter 4 and verse 5 and 6 and these are the last two verses in the whole of the Old Testament. And so it, you can see how it all ties in. And it says once again, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Now, there's a clue. Why is it a great and dreadful day? Who knows? For Noah, when the flood came, it was an amazing day because the same waters that saved or delivered Noah with the same waters that that brought judgment to a perishing world. And so for one, the day of the Lord is a great day. But for others who have refused to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, it's not such a good day, is it? It is a dreadful day when they realize that the Lord himself closed the door to the ark and he has closed the door and will close the door again. Noah didn't close the door because he probably would have been tempted to leave it open to let some people on. But God himself closed the door of the ark and there is a coming a day and a time when the Lord returns and God himself will close the door. And it will be a dreadful day for those people who have not accepted Jesus Christ. And so it says, uh, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers. And these are the closing verses of the whole of the Old Testament. And I see it too in this dispensation of time. There is a breaking down of the family unit between the fathers and the children and the children to the fathers. But the Lord has promised in his word that God would bring about a restoration and a healing and a restoration of the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers. I speak to families day in and day out and there is an estrangement and a breaking down of the family unit in this dispensation of time because globalism has had its work and has its way but God is going to have a restored family in this time as well. So when looking at these scriptures, a closer look, we see that the day of the Lord is imminent and at hand, but God in his infinite mercy and grace has in the past and is doing again, sent Elijah the prophet, or in the spirit of Elijah, God brought forth John the Baptist, and now you and I to prepare for the way of the Lord. See, Uh, God has no pleasure in the death of the wicked. Amen? God has no pleasure, no pleasure. It is the will of God that none should perish. Ezekiel puts it this way, and God said to Ezekiel, do I have pleasure at all that the wicked should die, says the Lord God, and not that he should turn from his ways and live? 2 Peter 3, 9 is your cross-reference in the New Testament. We all know this scripture, "...the Lord not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance." And so what is the first word that John the Baptist came in the New Testament in the spirit of Elijah? The first word he said was, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. What is the first words that Jesus spoke when he came into his earthly ministry? He said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Why? Because God wants to restore the hearts of the children, that's us, folks. You and I, that's Charter's Towers in this region. God wants to restore this people to himself. Why? Because God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son. Amen? And God wants a harvest. As God has worked by progressive revelation and progressive prophetic fulfillment, often the word of God is fulfilled in several time periods throughout history. And many times in the Old Testament, you can see layers I'm not just talking about Shrek here, remember this, Shrek had layers or Donkey had layers, remember that, who remembers that movie, Shrek, and he said, an old donkey said, oh I got layers, layers, oh Shrek's got layers, but there's layers of fulfillment of prophetic word in the Bible, I mean, and, there, and sometimes a prophetic word is given and it can be restored and it can mean for every dispensation of time. Or in every generation, a prophetic word will be filled. And so the purpose of Elijah, John the Baptist, and now the ministry of you and I. Turn to the person next to you and say, this is the ministry of you and I. (laughs) Oh, yes, it is. This is our ministry. This is our ministry. These are the days of Elijah. Who am I looking at? I'm looking at the Elijahs of the day. Amen. Amen. And doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you are the light. This is the dispensation of time. God has brought us into this dispensation of time. He knows what he's doing. You mightn't think you're up to the task, but God has more faith in you than you have often in him. And so, and so, so before the judgment of this strategic time is the call to the people of God and the people of this region to repent. That's why. The Father turned his heart by granting to the children a spirit of repentance. You see, when God pours out, it is his love that he would grant to this generation of spirit of repentance. God pours out his love and enables us to even repent. The Spirit of God, he says, no man can come to the Father except the Spirit draw him. And so we pray that the Spirit of God begin to draw these people so that they will have an ability to repent. Amen? Without your prayers, as the spirit of John the Baptist or Elijah calling people to repent, people do not have a capacity to repent. They don't have it in them. And that is why it is necessary for you and I to pray. You say, I don't, want, I don't feel like praying today. Well, your neighbor's house is on fire. you Are going to call the fire brigade? That's what he's like. His life is on fire, eternally on fire. So what do the days of Elijah look like? And a brief historical view, and you'll you'll be up to speed. The glory days of a united Israel had come to an end. But the glory days could be said under the kingship of King David and his son Solomon. And those days came to an abrupt end when Solomon had a son, an unwise son, and his name was Rehoboam. And he stepped onto the throne, and through his folly... He divided the kingdom of Israel into two. And uh, were there repercussions? Yes, there were, because it took nearly two and a half thousand years for Israel to be united again. And it occurred on June 7, 1967, when the first time in nearly two and a half thousand years, Israel was united again in, in the, in the Six-Day War. Incredible, isn't it? Amazing, eh? You think, do your actions have consequences? Yes, For two and a half thousand years, that country was divided. It was never united again till that date that I just said, June 7, 1967. So Jeroboam became a a usurping king in the ten northern tribes, which is now called Israel. The ten northern tribes defected from the entire city, from the whole region. And there was Judea and the kingdom of Jerusalem, really, Judea and Benjamin, they were in the south and ten king, ten uh, tribes in the north, and they were a rebellious people. King Rehoboam set up two golden calves so as to maintain power over the people. He set up a counterfeit system, and he set up golden calves, one in Bethel and the other one was at Dan, and he set up a false system of sacrifice so that he could maintain power, political power. We don't have people like that in political power these days, do we? (laughs) Not at all, do we? Too right we do. But it was a kingdom birthed in rebellion and, and could come to nothing, as history records over and over and over again. Any usurping king, you can study the kings and queens of England, and you can see that any king who usurped his power, manipulated the system to get into power, always came to a great demise. Usurping kings and kingdoms, rulership, governments, even in this modern era, gained by less than legitimate means, have rarely and seldom come to any good. Any usurping usurping prime minister in this nation, and for many years we, we voted people in only for their authority to be usurped within a year. And we had prime minister after prime minister after prime minister came in under this same way. It's called an apostasy. So, the major players in the days of apostasy and the days of Elijah. And we could see, you can read it for yourself in 1 Kings chapter 16 and 29. So, I'd like for you to go and reference that. Write these down if you would. And you can read it through in your own time. And uh, it's better than any amazing novel out there, it's a better than any plot that you could ever imagine. And so in verse, 1 Kings chapter 16, it says, In the 38th year of Asa, king of Judea, Ahab the son of Omri became king over Israel. Ahab the son of Omri reigned over Israel in Samaria 22 years. Now Ahab the son of Omri did evil in the sight of the Lord more than all who were before him. And so this is a sign of the sort of kingship that is prevalent in the days of Elijah. And so it came to pass as though it had been a trivial thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who was the first king of Israel, that he took as his wife Jezebel, the daughter of Ethbaal, king of the Sidonians, and he went and served Baal and worshipped him. Ahab did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger than all the kings of Israel who were before him. So we see in the days of Elijah that there is a wicked king, Ahab, and his even more wicked wife, Jezebel, and he was recorded as being the most wicked of Israel's kings. And so you see, God raises up an Elijah with a hard head and a soft heart to confront the most wicked kingdoms on the earth. And that is the day in which we live, amen? And so Ahab became a king who relinquished not his throne, but his authority. In effect, he abdicated his position, but physically sat on the throne. And who was really ruling was his wife, Jezebel. And much has been always said about a Jezebel spirit, and a, a, a particularly a spirit that comes upon a woman and also a man. It comes upon a man as well. But for a Jezebel to operate, there must be an Ahab, which nobody ever speaks about. An Ahab is a weak ruler. An Ahab is one who abdicates not his throne, but he abdicates his authority. Did you get what I said? It's a kingship that abdicates not its position, but it abdicates its authority. And we see people in positions of rulership who do not relinquish their position because they're holding on their position because it looks fantastic, but they have abdicated their influence and it has been given to another. Isn't that a wicked thing? And we can see that in our political systems in this day of Elijah in which we live where people have usurped authority, gained authority, they like the power, they like the position, they like the money, they like the influence, but basically they are a puppet king, a puppet prime minister, a puppet president, or a puppet despot, and somebody else is pulling the strings behind the scenes. That is the day of Elijah in which we live now. We vote people in supposedly, but we know they are not ruling. Amen? Oh, you think that can't happen in Australia? Oh, but Jezebel, the daughter, she was the daughter of a Phoenician king, which it was a foreign uh, was a foreign country just north, just north in the in modern day Lebanon. That's where this, and she was the high priest's daughter, was Jezebel, and so she induced pagan practices on an unprecedented scale over the entire northern area or kingdom of Israel. She influenced through the king the whole of the nation to worship Baal. Her influence over, over her husband king was immense. And it's interesting to note, I'll say it again, for a Jezebel to operate, there must be an Ahab. In other words, uh, people these days look for weak uh, leadership, which they can infiltrate and influence and use as puppets. Amen? And so without an Ahab, there can be no Jezebel. Jezebel loads the gun for an Ahab to fire, but who has loaded the gun? A Jezebel spirit. A Jezebel operates, it influences, it subverts, it manipulates, and ultimately controls through a puppet king or organization and does not rule by legitimate means. And we could say our, po- our political systems do not rule through legitimate means. You say, well, that's a big call, but I, I don't, you don't have to be that smart to see that for yourself. Fear and intimidation, seduction, coercion, death threats, lies and deceit, are all the ingredients for a great Hollywood drama and a picture of our modern political system. It's no longer Hollywood, is it? This is our political systems right through the whole of the earth right now. And we say, well, do we have any sort of modern equivalents where we could identify with? And I say there is very quickly. The Nazi party in Germany in 1920 came into power under a different name the Bolshevik party that was ushered in communism in 1917 in Russia, both were minority parties who operated with devastating efficiency by these, methods, uh, by these methods and by the same demonic spirit. Make no mistake about it, these political systems operate by a demonic spirit and you can tell by the fruit that they produce. Jesus said, you will know them by their Fruits. What do they produce, okay? We're not called to be people who are judgmental, but we are fruit inspectors. We have a look, we open up our eyes, apply wisdom, and see what fruit these political systems produce. And so, Baal worship included pagan practices, and uh, you can have a study of all the old uh all, all the old uh, nations that are no longer with us anymore, civilizations that reached their peak and came and gone and nobody even knows why. But you can have a look at it through these eyes or this lens here, Child uh, practices of child sacrifice. The Carthaginians were a, 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 an amazingly successful time, they contended with the Roman Empire, remember that? And they even... Uh, uh, ransacked the Roman Empire and, and even the country of Rome itself for 15 years and uh, but they were they sacrificed children by their thousands and thousands and thousands they found modern graves to this day ancient graves sorry filled with uh, child sacrifices and so we see that uh, public sexual perversion also and that's what was happening with this Baal worship Temple male and female prostitution. And in addition to that, there's persecution of those who held to the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob and the killing of the prophets of God. And Baal worship embraces all these things that are an affront to God. And things previously done in the dark, and we've seen it in our own civilizations right now, today, things previously done in darkness or in the margins of society, now take center stage and are flaunted as mainstream lifestyles. Does anything ring a bell with you and I here today? We don't have to turn our TV on for three or four minutes to see stuff thrown in our face. And if you spoke against it, you could end up in prison. The days of apostasy are truly with us today. That's why I know that the days of Elijah are here. Whole political systems are totally usurped by a Jezebel spirit, somebody putting people into power to use as a puppet. They are looking for Ahabs so that they can have their way. And so the the days of apostasy, no longer following, obeying, or even recognizing the God of our fathers, and the turning back of the old, the tried, the tested, and the true, which is often, often now totally marginalized, isn't it? All the old-fashioned values, you can't get a voice. You can be deplatformed from YouTube by speaking old-school values, written in the Word of God, which has been there for thousands of years. But not content with that, as there's no such thing as a spiritual void, there is an embracing of that which was considered an abomination. Did you know things like witchcraft a generation ago were illegal and you could be imprisoned for witchcraft? These days, witchcraft is on just about every single child's cartoon. Embracing the lie is all that you have left to believe in if you reject the truth. And the tried and tested truth of the word of God, a plumb line to any uh, civilization. Amen? And so turning away from God means we automatically turn to something else because there is no such thing as a spiritual void so it's not just a stepping back from god but a full turning of back to god and uh so we often have a nostalgic view of the days of elijah and uh but the days of elijah are the days of apostasy and they are with us today a lot of people read first and second kings and they think oh well, wouldn't it be exciting to live in those days well we are living in those days right now and so uh But the final stage of apostasy is written with great clarity in Romans chapter 1, verses 21 to 28. Let me quickly read that. So we're going straight now to Romans. What did I say? Romans chapter 1. I pray that you write these down and you can cross-reference them for yourself. Uh, professing to be wise, this is Paul speaking, they became fools, they changed the glory of the incorruptible God incorruptible God, into an image made like corruptible man, birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. Listen to this, therefore God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie, "...and worship and serve the creature rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever." Verse 26, "...for this reason God gave them up to vile passions, for even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burn in their lust for one another, men with men committing what is shameful, and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error which was due." And here is probably a, a very uh, very important verse, verse 28. And even as they did not like to retain a knowledge of God, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting. Who gave them over to a debased mind? God did. Because they, they said uh, they did not see it worthwhile to retain a knowledge of God. So they had a knowledge of God. So this is a generation of people who have had a knowledge of God. They've been brought up in churches. They've been brought up with a biblical worldview. But they don't see it worthwhile even to retain a knowledge of God. So God gives them over to a debased and or depraved mind. It's a terrible thing, is this thing of the days of Elijah. And so, but to confront the great apostasy, this is the good news. God raises up hard-headed prophets with soft hearts, uncompromising people of God like Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego who would not bend, they would not bow and they would not burn, amen? Will you be a person who will not bend and will not bow and will not burn like Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego? This is the place to decide, not when you're under the pump, The place to decide when you will say, I will not bend, I will not bow, and I will not burn. And even if I do, I'm going to praise God in the singeing mess. Amen? That's where you decide. I am not going to bend. I am not going to bow. This is the place to decide, not when you're under the pump. And so there is one major player that I've not mentioned as such, and that, of course, is Elijah. And I spoke of those other major players, Ahab, Jezebel, and all that. But God raised up a desert firebrand to confront the worst of the kings. And But that's what I'm encouraged by. In the worst of situations, God raises up hard-headed people like you and I, but with soft hearts towards God. Oh, turn to the person next to you and say, you got a hard head? <laughs> you got a hard head. But you got a soft heart. You got a soft heart. Hard-headed people, you will not bend. You're not going to bow. You're obstinate. That's it. Yeah, that's it. You're obstinate. You're going to You're as stubborn as anything when it comes to the things of God. I will not be moved. Amen. That's the sort of resilience God is building in this generation. We have not been known as a generation who is that tough, actually. We got more we got more pills on the market than we've ever had. We've had psychiatrists now on every corner. Wherever there used to be a church is now a psychiatrist's office. Amen? I when I was a kid, the only psychiatrist's office was on days of our lives. <laughs> and it was in America. Nobody even used to know in a local town you'd be flat out having a psychiatrist's office. And never needed one. Why? Because people had mates. They were genuine amen but enter center stage first kings chapter 17 and it is elijah hard-headed oh i love it elijah lived in the wilderness so his home the bank could not foreclose <laughs> hey? oh this come to me this afternoon he ate locusts and wild honey so they couldn't starve him out <coughs> this is us he wore a hairy garment of animal skin, so losing his Myers Clothing Department store membership was of no concern. They can say, shut my account, I don't care, I'm not wearing your garbage anyway. He had no reputation, so the media couldn't destroy him. He had no books to sell or monthly subscriptions to cancel. He had nothing and had therefore he had nothing to lose. Oh, isn't that good? If you got nothing, you got nothing to lose. And whatever your God, God gave to you in any way. He says, "I am the Lord your God." He says, I'll, "I'll not see you. I'll not see you begging for bread." The Lord said, "He was. I, I will provide. I will protect. If you're drowning, I'll be there. If the fire's there, He says, "I'll be your fire blanket." His only ambition was to please God. And yet, John the Baptist, who lived in the same neighbourhood, in the spirit of Elijah, still said, "I must decrease so that He may increase." Amen. You see, he was already dead. So you couldn't kill him. He was dead to himself, but alive to Jesus Christ. So you can't be killed. You cannot be killed. This is where you sell out to God. You're amongst friends here. To commit your life to Christ, never take it back. Live wholly for God. You'll see it's an exciting life to live. I tell you what, the most miserable Christians on earth are those who just to have enough of Christianity made them miserable. You can have just enough Christianity to make himself miserable, or you can sell out to Jesus Christ and live an exciting life. You say, oh, that's a walk in the dark. No, it's not. It's a walk in the light. It's a walk in the light. Sell yourself out for Jesus. Amen. Elijah, the desert firebrand, molded into one of the greatest prophets in the wilderness east of the Jordan. And yes, sir, uh, he went up to Ahab and he says, King Ahab, it's not going to rain until I say so. How long didn't it rain for? Three and a half years. Hasn't rained here for about three and a half months. And look how dry it is. Imagine with a westerly blowing for three and a half years, how parched the land would have been. And Elijah went up to the greatest, most miserable, meanest king that Israel had ever seen. God raised up an Elijah just for this time. And he is raising you up just for this time. We're living in exciting days. And I want to say, if you sell out for God, you'll be excited too. Oh, it's going to be wonderful. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be miserable for you if you're going to live half-hearted for Jesus. But if you sell out to Jesus, you give him all your life. Oh, Jesus didn't half hang on the cross. He didn't half. Oh, no, no. He gave it all. He gave it all. He asked nothing less from us, nothing less. And uh, you can have your subscriptions cancelled, but if i tell you what, if you're sold out for Jesus, the Lord will provide, the Lord will provide. You say, oh, I've got my job on the line over this. I, I want to say the Lord will provide, the Lord will provide. Will there be times of testing? Yes, there will be, but the Lord will provide. Will it be tough? Yes, it will. Will you win a popularity contest? No, you won't. I don't think uh, uh, Elijah won a popularity contest, particularly not in the royal household. And you and I, uh, we're not up for that sort of stuff. Elijah couldn't be bored. Paul in Galatians one seventeen states that after his mighty encounter with Jesus on the Damascus Road and preaching for a short time in Damascus, he went into Arabia, known for being his desert experience, for three years. Elijah went into hiding for three and a half years. He went to the brook Kareth, which means the place of cutting. That's what it means. And so he was in the desert and a raven. The Lord says, go into the desert. And he said, go to the brook Kareth and I will feed you there. You see, when there was a famine in the whole of the land, the Lord said to him, I will feed you there. And the brook dried up after a, number of years, after a period of time. And, but then another word of the Lord said, go to Zerapath, And he says, I have a the widow, to feed you there. And you said, but I heard from the Lord already, and I'm, I'm going to stay beside this dry brook. No, but there is another word from the Lord. And always, if the Lord gives you a message, he gives you a word. Be prepared to hear for another word, because God can move you on. And that brook, brook dried up. And the raven, an unclean bird, an unclean bird fed Elijah in those time meat, amen? An unclean bird. So the Lord is not held captive by anything and the Lord will not be put in a box and he will do things just as he pleases. But another word from the Lord says, go to Zarephath and I have commanded a widow to feed you there. And there he went to Zerapath. It wasn't even a godly place. It was Sidon. Sidon and Tyre were ungodly places. In, In fact, he went to the home territory of Jezebel's father. That's where he went. Think about that. Think about that. God will do it just the way he pleases. Just the way he pleases. And so... I will feed you there. Has God given you a direction and the brook dried up? Well, you think you may have missed God, but nothing could be further from the truth. If the God has given you a command and the brook has dried up, wait for another word because it's coming and the Lord will direct you and he will feed you in that other location. So, what is our response? You know what? These are These Ahabs and Jezebels, these Pharaohs, these Nimrods, and these Hamans of old have all had their day. Let's stand to our feet while Jules comes to the keys. I want to tell you, I'm going to bring a message on Sunday morning and it's going to be a ripper. Haven't put pen to paper yet, but I know God is on it. And uh, Elijah had a protege and his name was Elisha. And the first thing he did when he grabbed hold of the mantle of Elijah, he struck the waters and he says, where is the God of Elijah? Where is the God of Elijah? I'm going to be challenging you, every one of us and myself, to call on the God of Elijah to move again on our behalf for this, our generation. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord God, for this word, this word that you've asked me to bring. I pray, Lord, I'm encouraging people here right now. They think we turn on the news and we think that things are going so crazy and everything, but God is not caught out and God is not surprised and there is nothing new under the sun because in the days of the greatest apostasy, God raises up hard-headed men and women in God with soft hearts towards Him and He's going to use in this very room Elijah's and Elisha's, that you too would grab hold of the cloak and the mantle that God has placed upon your life. And you'll strike the waters and you say, where is the Lord God of Elijah? And begin to believe for miracles in your life. Begin to miracles, believe for miracles for your family. Believe miracles for, this, for our schools and for our education system and departments. Believe again for our government who's been hijacked by godlessness. But the Lord is not surprised. And God is right now raising up. Right now, He's raising you up. God is raising you up. Can you say that to yourself? God is raising me up. God is raising me up. God is building in me intestinal fortitude to be able to stand, knowing that the steel of greatness is not made in the limelight, but it is always forged in the pit. It is often forged in the desert experience and in the wilderness experiences of life. But God is using the wilderness experiences of life to build a steel of greatness that you will in this time be able to stand against the apostasy and the wickedness of the Ahabs and Jezebels of this world. And Father, I pray in Jesus' name, you will lead in, use those, Lord God, online even today. I pray, let the Spirit of God come upon you right now in the name of Jesus. Spirit of God come upon you, Jeffrey. Spirit of God come upon you, John. Spirit of God come upon you, Daniel. Spirit of God come upon you, Regina and Beck. Spirit of the Lord come upon you. Dave, Spirit of God come upon you in Jesus' name. Let the anointing of heaven impart a power, Father God, a dunamis power on believers today to stand against the tide of wickedness and proclaim the goodness of God in the land of the living in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.